I want you to turn with me to your Bibles in John 14, verse 1 through to 6, and then verse 26 to 27. The Lord gave us a word for 24. Anybody know what it is? Thinking of more in 24. Amen. Don't let it be a cliche. Let it be a reality. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let it be a reality for us in 24. So Father, thank You for Your Word now as we share around this precious Word, a Word that brings life, brings healing to our body, brings sustenance to our spirit, causes faith to rise and sustains us till the coming of Jesus. We exalt your word above the opinion and the authority of man. We're thankful that our wisdom and understanding is securely based upon the word of God. We don't walk in the wisdom of man, but in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. So you welcome your Father. We welcome you, Lord Jesus. And welcome, Spirit of God, as you exalt the name of Jesus in our midst today. And that the anointing of God upon your word will continue to destroy every yoke of bondage in Jesus' name. That our minds are renewed further as we continue to walk out God's acceptable, good and perfect will in the precious name of Jesus And we work our measure of faith, as your word has said, till it continues to grow, because it is your word that sustains us in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, amen. Amen. John 14, verse 1 to 6. We're leaving a year, a couple of wars going on around the world, but don't be disillusioned. Because the Bible said that before the coming of the King, these things will happen. Amen. So stay close to the Word, not the narrative of the world. Because the narrative of the world just speaks death. Amen. But the narrative of God speaks life in abundance to the full until it overflows. So John 14 gives us an inkling into our future, both now and at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the title, if you're taking notes, the title of the message is The Peace of Jesus. But maybe I'm going to show you um, something this morning by the Spirit of God that often we don't recognise as the peace of God and the power of the peace of God. So let's get started on the Word. Let not your heart be troubled. Everybody hear that? Let not your heart be troubled. Oh, I wonder what the future holds. Let not your heart be troubled. I wonder what's going to happen with government. Let not your heart be troubled. I wonder what's going to happen to the economy. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Is that what the Bible says? 
<clears throat> That's what the Bible says. In my house are many mansions, literally dwelling places. Maybe I should help you this morning and remind you that when you get to heaven, you're not going to live under a tree. There's a dwelling place, meaning a house. Who designed houses? God. So the Bible says there's a mansion, a dwelling place. Jesus used the words mansion. If it were not so, I would have told you. Can you believe that this morning? If it were not so, Jesus says, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What an amazing promise. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. <clears throat> In every society, there's a good few number of doubting Thomases. So Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I want you to drop down to verse, <coughs> excuse me, verse 26 and 27 of the same chapter. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance that I've said to you. What has the Lord said to you? Let me read that again. Verse 26, but the Helper, that's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos of God, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So there's nothing in 24 that you can't know. Decisions that you have to make. Why do people get anxious? Because they don't know the future. They're not sure of the future. They're not confident of the future. That's why they get anxious. You can't get anxious if you know the future. The Bible says, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. And then in verse 27, He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, <coughs> excuse me, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I want to encourage you this morning as we enter a new year that these words do not remain on this paper but that they become a reality in your life. Don't look to your government. They don't know what's going on if you haven't noticed around the world. Your government can't do it for you. God 
has to do it for you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. We don't take our reference on what peace is from a world of natural living. We take it from Jesus Christ. That takes faith to receive the faith, sorry, the peace that he's speaking of. But it's not something that we strive and labor for. It's a gift. He said, peace I leave with you. Now, obviously, everything we receive from the Lord, we receive by faith in Jesus Christ and the Father. But I just really like this distinction he draws, not as the world gives. <clears throat> so if you're, on, if, you, if, you, if you're in this world, and you are, because I can see you, then you would know that they tell you travel agents will send you wonderful advertisements of you deserve a nice holiday so that you can be peaceful. They don't quite use those words, but that's what they say. Spoil yourself. Now, there's nothing wrong with a holiday, but I want to always remind you, if your heart is anxious, your anxiety goes with you. So you can be sitting under the coconut tree on a single island where there's only birds, but you are with you. And it's for that reason, it's very important that we understand. And if we believe that God has said, walk in more, then let's walk in more of the peace that He has given to us. When you're not in peace, you are an unpleasant person to be around. Not many amens here this morning. Amen. When you're at peace, you're not irritated. You're not agitated. You're able to lay hold of your faith. Faith doesn't work when you agitate it. Well, come on, Lord, do this thing now. That's not faith. Amen. Come on, I'm going to read it again. I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we need to, in 24, when you think about more, do you get anxious? Or do you get excited? Or do you become expectant? Now be honest with yourself. You know what happens to liars. Come on, be honest with yourself. That's why I started out by saying, be careful to make a resolution that you're not going to actually fulfill. Because as we become discouraged with our words and our lack of confidence in our own commitment, so we reflect that onto God. And we start thinking God's like we are. God is not a man that he should lie, the Bible says. All men are liars. The blood gets us out of that place. We're born 
into a world that lies. Amen. And it's in that environment that Jesus says, so I'm going to give you, I've given you the gift of peace. So that's what I would like to, it's not an emotion. It's something that works out tangibly in our lives. Peace. Peace. How do we get it? We acknowledge. It's not something that's mysterious up there somewhere. We get it by acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. Now that might sound like I'm stating the obvious. I want you to think about this. This plan of salvation came from the Father. That's why it's important. Jesus, they are all crucial to us, each one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But Jesus keeps making reference to a Father, our Father, His Father. Why? Because a Father nurtures. He looks after His children, or should. Come on, family, don't shut down when I'm preaching real good. So when, when you know that Jesus leads you to the Father, what happens when you get to the Father? He reveals to us the truth of who the Father really is and how He does things. But perhaps even more important, if I could say that, is He teaches us that the very life that we all live flows from the Father. Amen. So our faith in the peace of God flows out as we believe Jesus and the Father God. Now, why would I be making such a basic statement? Because people move into religious ritual, not always believing. They know aspects of the Word and they sincere in their heart toward God, but they don't fully allow His love to flood their lives. If His love floods our lives, we have no needs. Come on, family. Can you hear what I'm saying? It's just so very, very important. Everybody is putting their faith in an election, both in America and in South Africa. Elections don't change the spiritual climate of the spirit of lack. Only faith can do that. So absolutely you should pray for the election. You should believe God to put the correct officials in the right places so that we may live a life of peace and dignity. Is that what Timothy says? Pray for those in authority that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life with dignity. Can you see? So that's the plan of God. When we know He's trustworthy, which is very important, do we know that He is trustworthy? 
not saying it religiously, do we know he is trustworthy. When he says something, he will do something. Amen. Because when we know he's trustworthy, that becomes our foundation of peace. And we then build upon that foundation. So you may be chasing more faith, and that's good. But do you know that if you meditate on John 14, 27, you get faith and peace? Come on. That's, that's why I don't want you to take peace as an abstract thing. It's an integral part of a personality. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. It's a somebody. It's not just a word. It's not just a word. So I want to visit with the Holy Spirit for a moment. And I want you to look at John. John 14 is a very rich passage of Scripture. And I'm going to read John 14, verse 15 to 18. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now I want you to, I want to just, before I move on to the next verse, I want you just to look at something here. If you love me, keep my commandments. I want you to take, keep my commandments out of a legalistic mindset of religion. Because the true interpretation of that is, if you love me, you'll be devoted to what I say. Devotion is very different to obedience. It's part of it, but if you understand, devotion has and will never consider the cost to self. Devotion is not self-serving, it is serving the one you devoted to. So that's a very different mindset. And that's what I want you to see when we speak about the peace of Jesus. It's not walking around like some fuzzball, not knowing what's going on. Amen. So let's go back to John 14, verse 15. If you're devoted to me and love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper. Another question. Do we honestly let the Holy Ghost help us? Do we even believe that He's a personality? Can you see, family? that He may abide with you forever. Who? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. Isn't that amazing? But you know Him. 
Do you? Do you know the Holy Spirit or do you just speak in tongues? See, speaking in tongues is a blessing, but it's a gift. Knowing somebody is completely different. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So what what the Holy Ghost is doing here, He's affirming things that Jesus speaks to us, assuring the continuity of Christ's mission in the earth through the church. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. He is the head of the church. And he was never fretful while he was on the earth. When they thought they were drowning on two different occasions, he was unperturbed. Nothing moved him other than compassion. What moves you? Circumstances, intellect, or the love of God? Do we move only by the love of God in our hearts? We approach 2024 with a renewed mind of these understandings. It'll be a very different year. I stress, it doesn't mean that there won't be chaos in the earth. Obviously, we have a responsibility to pray for our leaders and we should never stop praying for our leaders because that's a commission that God gave us. But what I want you to see is a thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Do you and I have the confidence, do we have the peace of God in our heart to be able to walk that out? Amen. And I'm going to unpack this even further. I just want you to see this, that Jesus causes or speaks a distinction between the peace that you have as a believer and the peace of the world. So don't pursue things in the world and think you'll have peace. Now, I'm not talking about you shouldn't have recreation. I want you just to see this. Remember the island scenario. You go with you. This peace, and we'll look at it in Philippians shortly, is different. And if we want more, then let's pursue the Prince of Peace. And let's walk in a way where we're not anxious. It doesn't mean that there isn't a situation. It simply means we know we need to take the situation to restore the peace of God back into our hearts. So if Jesus draws a distinction between His peace and worldly peace, 
it begs the question why Christians are pursuing secular concepts to be able to facilitate peace in their lives. You've already got it, man. Are you with me? Thoughts of peace. If I did this, if I could do that, if I, if I was here, if I lived in Greenland under an igloo somewhere, I would have such peace. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Peace is already a gift just as your salvation is a gift. And when I carry on here, I might upset a few people. But that's not the intention. Truth is sometimes, not sometimes, truth is confronting. So when we pursue secular concepts, it's devoid of the life-giving power of God. Please remember that. So very, very important. Let's go to a scripture, John 16, verse 33. <clears throat> Just to reinforce this concept about not looking to the world as a way of securing our peace. In John 16, 33, he says, these things I have spoken to you that you might have peace. Hello? These things I have spoken to you that you might have peace. What things? The Word of God, the promises of the Lord. These things I have spoken to you that you might have peace. Then he goes on to say, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So where do you and I position our lives? Not in the world, but in Christ who has overcome the world. If he's overcome something, that means we are guaranteed of victory as long as we walk in the truth of His Word. Can I get an amen? amen? This simple truth should really get us. These things I have spoken to you. Let me ask you, what things has He spoken to you? Because He says, whatever I have spoken to you should bring about peace. Think about that. What did he say to us as a church? Thinking of more in 2024. So in Charleston, just before Christmas, we got the verbal approval from the city for the building. So that process will now expedite. But that becomes another adventure in faith for my wife and I. Amen. Rent is paid in dollars, not rands. Amen. Are you getting this one? So there's an excitement and the enemy says, but what if? 
But what if? But what if? There is no if. And I'll show you from the Word of God. Philippians 6 verse 7 says, well, let's go there. I was going to just quote it, but let's go there. Philippians. You know, I, I'm, I just like serving God very simply. He said it. That settles it. If he said it, I believe it. And that settles it. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Watch this. Now think of Charleston, the premises. Okay. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Then something happens. The peace of God kicks in. Hello? This is how simple it is. Stop complicating the Word of God. If God has spoken it, that settles it. It is that simple. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now, maybe we should unpack that word peace. It's the same word in every time I've mentioned it in the Scriptures. And it is a verb. What does a verb do? Does stuff. It's not passive. Now that word in the original Greek does mean quietness and rest. But if you go and you marry that truth, because the Bible confirms itself by two or three witnesses, you take that truth and you go over to Hebrews 4 and you find that they entered not in because of unbelief. They didn't enter in to the truth because of unbelief, not because God was saying, you're not ready. You and I are responsible for the level of faith we walk in, not God. He's given us the measure. I said, He's given us the measure. I said, He's given us the measure. When He said, plant a church in Charleston, He gave the measure of faith to do it. My responsibility and my wife's responsibility and this church and the leader's responsibility is now to believe what He has spoken and then to walk it out in the peace of God, not sitting there biting my nails, wondering, what if Jesus doesn't come through? That doesn't enter my mind because He doesn't work like that. He is trustworthy what He has spoken, He will bring to pass. Amen. So let's go back to verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, not yours, everybody's. Hello? Yeah, but my mom said, my uncle said, 
the economist said, all understanding, all understanding, all understanding. That's what it says. Well, guard your hearts and your minds. Interesting. Faith is of the heart. We have a responsibility to renew our mind, to think of more in 2024, not some weird thoughts, the Word of God. That's what he's talking about, that we're to think in terms of these truths, that no matter what 24 holds before us, we have a peace that will pass our understanding. So let me go back to the word peace. Literally or figuratively, it includes a restfulness. It includes a quietness. But it has a key that's very important. Prosperity is an intricate part of that word peace. Did he or did he not say, take no thought of what you will eat? You have to eat. That is natural. You can't spiritualize that. Take no thought of what you will wear, of what you will drink. And so it goes on. Can you see? So peace brings the prosperity of God. It literally means to set at one again, to bring divine order spiritually, mentally, socially, physically, financially back into God's plan and purpose. God's not schizophrenic. He doesn't fiddle over here and fiddle over there. He works in divine order. Peace brings divine order, expels anxiety, expels fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear comes out of the kingdom of darkness. Faith comes out of the kingdom of light. And so what I want you to see when he said, peace I leave with you, he said, prosperity I leave with you. In all realms, in all realms. We are on record as saying, when we counsel marriages, mostly, It'll start out over here. But at the end, when we're now really getting down into the nitty gritty, the thing that affects marriages most, interestingly enough, is money. Too much of it or too little? Hello? 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 Well, I don't believe that. Well, you haven't sat in the council sessions with me, so you can't pass judgment on that. I'm telling you, that's what happens. Too much. He works all the time. He's never at home. Or too little. He doesn't work at all. Sounds ridiculous. We know of women that are keeping men. It's like so bizarre to me. 
I want to go and minister the word to them. He who doesn't work is worse than an infidel. An infidel is an unbeliever. Amen. So let's go here. We close out. Ushering in the peace of God reassures our heart. As a spirit-filled believer, you live out of your heart, not your mind. Your mind becomes renewed to the promises of God, which settles your heart. You are a spirit being. Whether you believe it or not, you are a spirit being. You will die one day and your body will stay here. But your spirit and your mind will leave your body. Settle that truth so that you know. So ushering in the peace of God reassures our heart. The Amplified talks of transcending our understanding. I love that word. And here's the reason. Now, I would love to just keep you for another hour when we talk about this subject. But I won't do that. Because I hear your tummies grumble. (laughs) Ushering in the peace of God reassures our heart. But the peace transcends our understanding. It goes, meaning in simple terms, it goes beyond the range of limits in any field of activity. So whether it's finance, health, work, it doesn't matter what area, it goes beyond the range of limit. Now what you could do with this passage of Scripture, you could go to Ephesians 3.20 and God is able to do far more exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think according to what? Holy Ghost power. See, back to the Spirit of God. Holy Ghost power, it's Him bringing it through. So this peace is our portion and it needs to be enforced by faith in the spoken words of Jesus. What Jesus spoke, that's where our faith is activated. Amen? We do not lean to our own understanding. But in all our ways, we acknowledge Him and He directs our path. And where He directs, peace is present. Remember this. It doesn't mean there is not chaos around you. If you think you're gonna float through life like a fluff ball, you are wrong. Okay, you have to engage with the truth of God's Word and irrespective of what surrounds you, you stay within the peace that Jesus has spoken and therein lies the prosperity for 2024. God bless you.